Today's gospel is Matthew 16. We should all know it. It is a famous passage. It is the passage where Jesus says to Peter, you are rock, or you are rocky, like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> you are Peter. And if we're not familiar with it, we certainly should be. It's the place where uh, Peter is given the authority of the keys. And for a Jew, at that time, they'd be familiar with Isaiah and all the symbolism of giving of the keys. The giving of the keys is really um, asking of him to be his right hand, his second, his chancellor, if you like. The king gave the keys to the one who had authority in his stead. So when the king left, the one who had the keys was the one that uh, worked in the place of the king. And so there's this famous passage. Jesus begins by saying, who, who do people say the Son of Man is? Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then because Peter makes that statement of faith, Jesus responds, Simon, son of Jonah, you are a happy man. Because it was not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So I now say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. I wanted to bring out one particular theme in this. And that particular theme is that the church always begins by this subjective response to the objective call. Jesus, he could have said, I am the Christ, I am the Lord, I am the living God, I am the Son of the living God. He could have said any of those statements, and at other times he does. Here, he actually asks a question, and he evokes it out of Peter. So he says, who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And that allows for the opportunity for Peter to respond, to stand up and say, you are the Christ. And if no one stands up and says, you are the Christ, the church would not begin. It actually began with Mary. Mary was the first. She was the one to make the first explicit act of faith in the Gospels. And she turns and she says, let it be done unto me according to thy word, in responding to the angel Gabriel. That was the beginning of the church. And the church is made, it comes into existence when we respond with faith to the call of Christ. By that question, who do you say that I am? So I ask you right now, who do you say that he is? Where is your faith? You are the Christ, Peter said, the Son of the living God. And those words are so important. And with that comes the core, the heart, the rock of the church. Now it's the rock in the person of Peter, but it's also this rock of faith. And that is where the church comes into existence. And 
you know, this call that each one of us has, it comes in our fragilities. Peter is certainly far from perfect. <laughs> that much we know if we read the Gospels. Quickly after this, pretty much in the same chapter, he's going to deny the cross. He's going to turn to Jesus and say, uh, far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you, that you should go to the cross. And Jesus is going to respond, get behind me, Satan. Right after he called him the rock, he's going to say, get behind me, Satan, to him. And so Peter is not in any way perfect, but it is not that perfect side that Jesus is calling the rock, you know, because it doesn't exist. It is this side of Peter that totally believes and totally gives. Later on, after the resurrection, after he had denied Christ three times, you'll have a similar passage where Jesus is going to turn to Peter and say three times, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Now, note again that he's asking a question. He could have just said it, Peter, I know you love me. But he didn't. He wanted Peter to make that act of love. It is of the utmost importance that we grasp that. If we don't, then we won't understand the nature of the church being the bride that responds to the bridegroom, the, the body of Christ that responds to the head. The bride, she responds in a dialogue with Christ. And so are we. When he asks you, who do you say I am? How do you respond? Going a step further, too, I want to see how this applies today. And you know, this is indicating definitely where we should go. I look around at our society today, and it's almost like we are pariah. Uh, we can't make any signs of the cross in public anymore. We can't even, when we're at McDonald's, show an exterior sign of what we believe. We make the sign of the cross and say grace before every meal. And yet, we can't do it out in public. It's like we're shamed if we do it out in public. And there's something horrible about that. Absolutely evil about that. That we can't wear a cross if we work in a bank. That we can't um, have any exterior sign. And it's absolutely absurd. We can't show what we live inside. Or you take another thing that's happening today. Uh, all the aspects that are attacks on the family, on um, life from conception to natural death, or most especially, I think right now of the euthanasia law that is trying to be pushed through and that we have a chance to stop. It is absolutely evil and direct attacks. So we're getting all these attacks from the outside of the church in, where they're shaming us for even being Catholic. That, for me, is often a sign that we must be doing something right. You know, if we weren't doing anything right, if we we're conforming entirely to the world, the world would be happy with us. But the world is upset with us, looking for all of our faults, trying to pick us apart. Usually that's a good sign meaning that we, we've done something right. There's something that makes them want to pick us apart. So praise God for that. At least we're doing something right. 
If you look at the inside of the church, you find that the devil is trying to divide us between right and left, you know, between these statements that happen by this person and those statements that happen by another. And we lose sight of this fundamental aspect, whether it be because of the attacks from the outside or the attacks from the inside, that the church will cease to exist if no one cries out, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That is where the church comes into existence. And perhaps with all these attacks today, the church will be stripped of anything else. But when it gets down to its core, this is one thing I will not flinch on. That Christ is God Almighty, the second person of the Trinity. And I believe and I love him and I give him my whole life. And so I invite you to come with me on this journey as church and to give our lives to him, to believe, to hope, and to love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>